Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher with over 15 years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is to help yoga teachers transform their teaching by mastering the fundamentals of anatomy. By learning anatomy in my easy step-by-step way, you'll be able to confidently share it in your cues, easily create sequences, and you'll eagerly answer student questions. And all along the way, you'll increase your impact and earning potential. On the podcast here, you will hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. Once you listen to today's episode, go ahead and visit barebonesyoga.com, my website, for free resource guides for teachers. Download any and all that are there, including one of my most popular tools, my sequence building template. And if you'd like, send me a one-line email with the answer to this question. What's your biggest frustration right now as a yoga teacher? And I'm happy to do some brainstorming with you in a free coaching session. My email address is karen at barebonesyoga.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Let's get to today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. My name is Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga, and I am your host. This is episode 167, and today is January 24th, 2022. We are almost done with January, so I want to know how it's going. Matter of fact, um, I would love to hear from you, uh, the listener, the yoga teacher listener. So if you get a minute, when you get a minute, send me an email and let me know how the month is going for you from a teaching perspective. I would especially love to know what challenges you're facing, what questions you have, and what things you want to get done, especially if you're feeling a little blocked or like there are just obstacles in front of you rather than uh, a clean, um, clear path. So um, that's where we'll start. Uh, It is of course Monday as it always is when I record. And I hope you had a wonderful weekend whenever you're listening to this. Um, This is, you know, in general, evergreen content, although I do record on Mondays and I like to always acknowledge that. And I'm always sort of in, you know, just the Monday energy. Matter of fact, last night I stayed up uh, past midnight getting ready for this week because quite honestly, I had spent all day watching football playoffs and I'm just a huge football fan and I just, um, I just was so inspired by the games. The level of athleticism that was demonstrated by the players was just off the charts. And even though uh, I really didn't have anything invested in any particular team, I am a huge fan of Tom Brady. And unfortunately, they did lose. But he just about brought them to an incredible uh, win. And all of it, it was just so inspiring. So after those games ended uh, on, on yesterday, Sunday, I found myself with the dog asleep uh, and I could get some quiet time in. Uh, Ben, my boyfriend is out of town for the next day or so. And uh, so the house was quiet and I just wanted to get to the things that I had wanted to do um, during the day that just got replaced by watching this amazing uh, football. And, um, And so I did stay up until midnight, which is very much unlike me at the desk 
prepping for the week. And I would love to know, you know, from you, do you spend time on Sundays getting ready for your week ahead? And what does that look like? Matter of fact, if you have an interesting um, Sunday night routine, especially if it involves anything to get you prepared for the classes you're going to be teaching in the week ahead, send me a DM and let me know what that is. And I would love to share it with the listeners. I love, love sharing um, just tips from listeners um, that would be helpful for other for other yoga teachers. I also want to let you know that I am full in 100% on TikTok and I'm absolutely loving it. And I've committed to every day posting a video. And so far, so good for January. I am uh, I am on track. So you can find me on TikTok at Bare Bones Yoga. And I am fully committed as well to doing just about every day doing a reel on Instagram. I'm loving video uh, creation, video content creation. I'm just finding it super fun to do. And if you're looking for just quick tips uh, for your teaching, quick anatomy lessons, and I mean, when I say quick, I mean, I'm teaching some anatomy lessons in 60 seconds or less. So it doesn't take a lot of your time and hopefully you'll find the content interesting and informative. And um, not all the content is uh, instructional. I do some inspirational posts, some myth busting posts. I do some kind of counter argument posts. Uh, I try to um, do some posts that are about certain mindsets that yoga teachers have and, you know, working around them and really kind of reframing things so that you can stay positive and keep moving forward. And so you'll find a whole bunch of different uh, types of videos uh, on, on both of those platforms. So today um, I'm going to be doing a solo episode. This is really the first episode where I've been alone for several, several episodes. I've had the pleasure of bringing you so many, what I what I think have been just so many amazing guests, and I'm so grateful to them uh, that they have been a part of, of the Conversations for Yoga Teachers pod here. And um, today what I'm gonna be doing is one of my favorite things, which is reviewing the literature and going through a couple of studies that uh, have been published in the past number of years uh, that have implications for us as yoga teachers. And, you know, I love doing this because I'm a total science nerd and I love clinical information and I have that in my background. Um, I know that for some yoga teachers, maybe this isn't of tremendous interest. And so I won't go into massive deep, you know, kind of explanation of everything. Um, I do think it can provide us with some interesting information even um, just at a surface level. So the, the studies that I picked today really are literature review studies that talk about um, fascia and talk about the use of myofascial release as a technique that talk about um, the technique of myofascial relief uh, release and its impact on recovery. So I think I tried to pick things that are pretty functional and might spark some interest in you to kind of, if you're, if you're new to, you know, hearing about the research, um, it, it'll, it maybe will just give you a little, uh, easy introduction to it. Um, the other thing I wanted to say at the start, you know, the past couple of episodes in the month of January, I've been talking about goal setting and goal achieving and, I know in January, of course, there's, you know, huge energy that many people have around that. Although by the same token, many people reject it at its face simply because 
I don't know, they want to be counter to what I think is just a natural time to take a look at your life and figure out what it is you want, because you've got this clear runway ahead of you. If you, you know, like to do things according to the calendar. Now, of course, there's nothing to say you can't wake up in June and decide the same thing. I think it just provides us with such a clear path uh, to getting things done when we start at the beginning of the calendar year. And I, for one, love to leverage that natural energy that's out there and really use it um, to my benefit. And so I, I really encourage you to, to do that. So even if the first couple of weeks of January, you've felt a little off or you felt like maybe you haven't, you know, gotten on track with, with goals that you've set, it's never too late, right? I could be having this conversation with you in March and it would be exactly the same. Um, so don't, don't feel badly. We can, we can still definitely continue to move forward. And so before I get into the study review, I wanted to just touch on this idea of goal setting uh, just a little bit more and ask you a question that actually came to me last night as I got into bed, because yesterday I had a number of signs come to me to let me know that I'm exactly on the right track. And I will tell you at a couple of times this month, as I've been trying some new things, I've been thinking, including TikTok, I've been thinking, am I even on the right track? And because I have a weekly report that I write and I track certain metrics, every week I get to look at the metrics and you can call them KPIs, key performance indicators, you can call them you know, uh, metrics, whatever you want to call them. They're basically objective pieces of data that allow me to track progress. And I'll tell you if, you, if you're not doing this, I really encourage you to start to think about what metrics are valuable to you, both in your personal and professional life. You can definitely create metrics around your teaching. Um, and it doesn't mean how many people are coming to your classes. That might be one of them. It's not the only one though. And, um, and what that does is when we start to look at metrics, it can really um, poke a hole in sometimes what we feel. And, you know, I hate to say it, but we sometimes trust our feelings sort of too much. And, and that's coming from someone like me, who is a huge believer in intuition. But you know, when you have those feelings like, oh, things aren't really going the way I want. And then if you have some metrics, you look at them a week later and you're like, holy shit, they are going in the direction I want. I really kind of let my ego or let my self-defeating thoughts get the best of me when actually I am moving in the right direction. And so I had a number of those things happen to me yesterday. Some things were really big, significant things where I closed some new deals. Some things were smaller things just involving, you know, uh, connecting with people on my TikTok and on my Instagram. Some things involved um, the number of visitors to my website. And a large driver of that is the fact that I'm now just continuing to consistently offer these online free yoga classes. You know, and I will say, you know, there are times and have been times this month that I kind of was like, hmm, should I really be doing TikTok? And is that really my audience? And, you know, again, having metrics is just so, so important. So as I got into bed last night, literally this statement came to me. I didn't think it, it just came to me. And the statement is this, what if you knew that every step you were taking was on the path to exactly where you wanted to go. 
<laughs> I'm going to say that again. What if you knew that every step you were taking was on the path to exactly where you wanted to go? And I mean, seriously, friends, that came to me yesterday, like a fucking vision from the sky and or from the universe as if it was like a sign saying, Karen, just keep going. And so I wanted to share that with you. And the reason that I use, you know, profanity sometimes is because I'm so effing passionate about these topics that it is just so, um, so I just find these, these kinds of things to be so important to discuss if we want to, you know, and we can say as yoga teachers, if we want to, as people live in a way that allows us to achieve what we want to get from point A to point where we want to be. And I will tell you, you know, there will be so many obstacles, so many barriers, some that are like in the 3D world, like your kids are sick or your house burns down, God forbid, or you get sick or, you know, you've got $50 in your checking account. Others that are completely imagined, like your ego is saying to you, you can't do that. Or who do you think you are to be doing that? Uh, side note, I'm really sick of hearing people say that they have imposter syndrome. Whoever created that phrase needs to just stop it. And, you know, I can talk about that a little bit more if I remember uh, in this episode later on. Th the point is, there will constantly be obstacles thrown in your way. And in a way, there's this great book by Ryan Holiday. Uh, it's called The Obstacle is the Way. And I know that you yoga teachers out there know that that concept is rooted in Buddhism and transformational thinking. Just this idea that if we're looking for a clean, clear path, if we're looking for the moment when we feel quote unquote ready, it ain't going to come. <laughs> it's just not going to come. You're going to need to move forward when you don't feel ready. You're going to need to do things, to invest in things, to participate in things, to enroll in things when you feel like you've got a lot on your plate and you couldn't possibly take on one more thing. Because guess what? If you don't, you know what's going to happen? Fucking nothing. Nothing's going to happen except all of that stuff. And you're going to be sitting there six years from now, or six days from now, or six months from now, or whatever time from you want to pick. And you're going to feel, I don't want to say regret, because maybe I don't know how you're going to feel, but I would imagine if it's something that you really want, it's just not going to feel good is the bottom line. And at the end of the day, you can do it. You can do it. It's just a matter of taking that first step forward. So again, this idea that what if you knew that every step you were taking was on the path to exactly where you want to go, that takes tremendous faith. I am not saying it doesn't take tremendous faith. At the same time, it takes more than faith. Faith is not in the 3D world. Faith is in the, in the spiritual realm. What it takes in the 3D world is 3D action right? All the people that talk about manifestation and, and I'm one of them, but I can tell you, I read the secret way back in the day and I thought it was complete baloney. And it wasn't until I was listening to Catherine Zankina, manifestation babe. She's really, really good. Um, she's on Instagram manifestation, babe. You can check her out. And I remember she was interviewed. She's a multiple six finger figure entrepreneur. And, ah, you know, I don't, I don't put, 
like so much emphasis on the money aspect. I think that's one aspect of who you are and who you've become. It's just that I think that that does demonstrate uh, an ability to resonate. Your messaging is resonating with people and they're buying your stuff. And so I think that that's definitely something that is an important piece of, of just kind of evaluating where someone's at. And I don't even like to say evaluating, um, but just knowing like, are they connecting with people? And, and that is part of her story. And I remember when she was interviewed years ago, I listened to a podcast with her and she said, you know, like I read the secret and at, as much as I, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, of course, as much as I, you know, loved everything in it and believed everything in it, I knew it was more than just laying on the couch and dreaming about what I wanted. I needed to take action. And now that was an interview with her many, many years ago. Now, um, you know, if you check out her Instagram or, you know, hear any of the podcasts that she's been on and she's been on a whole bunch, um, she talks about all the action steps, right? And that's what I'm talking about, friends. It is not just having faith, it's about taking action. And so when you think about, you know, taking action, it's also then sticking to that plan. It's also then showing up consistently and doing what's on the plan. It's also, like I said before, having metrics that you track. It's all of those things and sprinkling a heavy dose of faith on top. And, you know, when you do all those things and underlying it all is this strong, deeply rooted belief that every step you're taking is taking you exactly where you want to go, you're unstoppable. You just are. And guess what? Not only are you unstoppable, you're unflappable. So when people say to you like, oh, I can't believe you're teaching those classes, you know, at that place, or like some people say to me, I can't believe you're teaching those classes for free. You know what I say? Ha ha ha. <laughs> the reason I say that is because number one, I absolutely love it. So I'm getting so much out of it by having a reason to show up regularly and teach in these times of the pandemic, when prior to me offering free yoga classes, I didn't, I, I just was not finding an opportunity to teach regularly in a way that worked for my life on a logistical and practical level. And so I just decided to create an opportunity. And then from kind of an altruistic sense, I wanted to do something that anyone could access from anywhere in the world with very little barrier to entry. And so the biggest way to do that is to make it free and to time limit it. So that's why the classes are 30 minutes. So again, I won't go off on that aspect anymore, but it's just the point that you're unflappable and you are immune to trends. And I know that you're like immune to trends, Karen, you just said you were on TikTok. Yes, but I resisted it for, I don't know, two years. Has it even been around for two years? I resisted it at least for all of last year because I really didn't believe that my um, customer, I don't want to say customer. I didn't, really didn't believe that yoga teachers were on there. And then I was like, you know what? Yoga teachers are on there because I went and did some research and found yoga teachers on there and found a lot of yoga content on there and also found it as a way to get my message out. And guys, this is the thing. There are lots of ways for you to get your message out there. So, you know, those of you who are like, I don't, think anybody's going to come to my classes. I don't, you know, feel comfortable in front of the camera. I don't think I could edit videos. All of that 
ego, 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 not that you're egotistical, but it's just your brain saying something new, danger, danger, warning, warning, don't do it. Just stay in your comfort zone. Again, overused term, just stay where you are right now. Don't make any changes. Don't rock the boat. And believe me, there's a ton of stuff I don't know how to do on TikTok. I'm watching these other people with their videos and they're splicing things together and they're doing still shots and videos and music and all this. And I'm like, yo, I am not there yet, but I'm consistently showing up every day and talking to camera because that I can do with my eyes closed. So you're going to start where you're going to start. You're going to do what you can do and you're going to show up consistently and you're not going to be swayed by the latest trend and you're going to have your metrics and you're going to have your plan and you know what? You're probably going to want a mentor. You're probably going to want someone, a senior teacher, someone who you respect, someone who, is, who inspires you, who can guide you through the process, because this is really hard shit to do on your own. So, you know, that's just my, my pitch to you uh, in January of 2022. If you're feeling a little like a cork in the ocean, like you don't have a plan of action, if you're feeling like you've got this dream to build your yoga um, dream life. And, and you're just like feeling like there's no way that I'm going to get there. This is for you. What I, that whole little sidebar, I just went into. Um, and if you're on top of things and you're like, you're moving and grooving and you're on fire. Awesome. Keep going, keep going. So that's, that's, that's my piece on that. So, um, I guess what I would say at this point is before we go into the conversation about the, the research is come to class every week. I post on my website, my virtual class page on my website. So visit barebonesyoga.com and come to class free and just 30 minutes. And also, if you're listening to this before Wednesday, the 26th, I'm doing a workshop this coming Wednesday on shoulder anatomy. It's at six o'clock Eastern. And there is a small fee, $25. Uh, this is a, a deeper review of the uh, anatomy than I typically do in my free workshops. You'll get the replay, you'll get the slide deck, um, you'll get an ebook as a, as a uh, extra incentive to, to um, enroll in the workshop. Uh, I sell that ebook separately on Amazon, but you'll get it for free uh, when you enroll. So to register for that workshop, go to my website, and go to the events page. And again, the website is barebonesyoga.com. So in terms of the research that we're gonna take a look at today, as I shared, it's all um, generally speaking about myofascial release. And you know, if you're listening and you're not exactly sure what that means, you might've heard the, the acronym MFR, stands for myofascial release. Myo refers to muscle, fascia refers to fascia, and release refers to the, um, current school of thought, although it's somewhat being questioned um, more so now than years ago, that there is a release of tension in both muscles and fascia when we apply an external tool um, that we use in a way like almost like when you massage with your hands, uh, let's say your calf muscle or you go for a massage. And the release has to do with releasing tension in a way that provides relief from pain and decreases inflammation and, and um, a lot of the effects that might be there from uh, muscle soreness if you overexercised uh, or some other scenario that might've caused it. 
So I took a look at the literature. I pulled three studies out. Uh, one of the studies that I am uh, going to review, I want to give a shout out to um, Tiffany Cruikshank, wonderful yoga teacher. I attended a webinar um, on hip anatomy she had recently, and she referred to this study by name. And I wrote it down because I knew I was going to want to find it online and print it out. And I did. And it's fantastic. So thanks to Tiffany for mentioning that in her, in her training. So the, I'm just going to kind of touch on the highlights and I'll just kind of give you a sense of some of the conclusions that were, that were drawn. So the first study is from the international journal of sports physical therapy. It was published in 2015. So it's not super, super new. So just keep it, keep that in mind. It's called the effects of self myofascial release using a foam roll or roller massager on joint range of motion, muscle recovery and performance, a systematic review. So right out of the gate where it says a systematic review, you know that that means these guys didn't actually do the study. They went out to PubMed and to other uh, repositories for study information, and they pulled studies that met a certain criteria. The lead, um, uh, researcher in this is Scott W. Cheatham, C-H-E-A-T-H-A-M. He's a doctor of physical therapy. And it was kind of interesting to me because I'm also a personal trainer, certified personal trainer with NASM. He's um, one of the master trainers with NASM. And uh, I just randomly found this article and it's one of his. So anyway, the, the background here, the purpose of the review was to critically appraise the current evidence and answer the following questions. And see, this is important because all studies, whether they're doing the study themselves or they're reviewing the research, they set out to answer a question. You know, it's like, remember in science class when you had a hypothesis? Well, it's kind of the same thing. So the question here is the purpose of this review was to answer the following questions. Does self-myofascial release with a foam roller improve joint range of motion without affecting muscle performance? Because let's face it, you don't want to do foam rolling on your high school athletes or on your pro football players and then have it interfere with how they perform their sport. Uh, after an intense bout of exercise to self myofascial release with a foam roller, enhance post-exercise muscle recovery and reduce delayed onset of muscle soreness, which is called DOMS, domes. Does self myofascial release with a foam roller prior to activity affect muscle performance. So that was essentially what they were out to answer. So when you go and you can Google for this study yourself, um, uh, I can also, I'll include the link in the show notes there. So it says the authors appraised or reviewed 10 studies and found that myofascial therapies as a group significantly improve range of motion, but produce no significant changes in muscle function following treatment. SMR appears to have positive effects on range of motion and soreness fatigue following exercise. Despite these reported outcomes, it must be noted that the authors did not use an objective search strategy or grading of the quality of literature. Currently, there are no systematic reviews that have specifically appraised the literature and reported the effects of SMR using a foam roller on these parameters. So it's always good when study uh, authors, they actually kind of do their own quality assurance on their, on their own results here. So they looked at things like foam rolling as it impacts knee range of motion, uh, ankle range of motion. They found a number of studies that fell into that category and they go into the actual studies themselves. 
In the discussion sec section, it says, does self-myofascial release with a foam roller improve joint range of motion? The research suggests that both foam rolling and roller massage may offer short-term benefits for increasing sit and reach scores. So that's when you sit in like a, a forward fold sitting on the ground um, and you try to touch your toes. Um, these findings should suggest that SMR using a foam roller for 30 seconds to one minute, two to five sessions, uh, or roller massage for five seconds to two minutes may be beneficial for enhancing joint flexibility as a pre-exercise warm-up and cool down due to its short-term benefits. Also that myofascial release may have better effects when combined with static stretching after exercise. It has been postulated that range of motion changes may be due to, this gets a little detailed, to the altered viscoelastic and thixotropic property. So this basically refers to the, um, the ground substance of fascia is kind of viscous, sort of like uh, molasses. And so that's what they're referring to there. So it further goes on to say, conclusion, the results of this systematic review indicate that myofascial release using, using either a foam roller or a roller massage may have short-term effects of increasing joint range of motion without decreasing muscle performance. So that's good. Foam rolling and roller massage may also reduce decrements in muscle performance. Basically, it won't negatively impact performance and reduce perceived pain after an intense bout of exercise. Short bouts of foam rolling prior to physical activity have no negative effect on muscle performance. So as far as I'm concerned, all of that bodes really, really well for doing myofascial release. So study number two is called, is self-myofascial release an effective pre-exercise and recovery strategy? A literature review. So this once again is a review of the literature. The lead researcher here is Allison N. Schroeder, S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R. The date of this is May, June, 2015 in training prevention and rehabilitation. So the... Um, uh, abstract basically says the use of self myofascial release via foam roller is becoming increasingly popular. So this is similar to that other study we just looked at. Our objective was to review the literature on SMR and its use for pre-exercise recovery or maintenance. So that's, that's our focus here. So they focused on sports participation in youth being on the rise. In addition, paradigms in preventative healthcare are shifting focus to to the benefits of exercise in the aging population. The use of myofascial release via a foam roller has outpaced the current scientific literature on this modality. Although there is little peer review research on SMR, it's used to theoretically treat fascia, fascial adhesion, so like scar tissue and, and um, kind of a stickiness that's limiting range of motion and restored normal soft tissue extensibility is rising. SMR is believed to have similar effects. SMR is believed to have effects similar to those of massage. So now we have a little bit of the, the framing here. So they go on to say that they reviewed the literature. They go into the results. They came up with 107 studies 
uh, that looked at myofascial release. In the discussion section, they said um, SMR is an emerging and popular strategy. We identified nine that have examined the use of these techniques as a pre-exercise maintenance or recovery treatment tool. So that gives you a sense of the scope of how many studies they looked at. When you further go on to the conclusion section, it says there appears to be some basis for the use of myofascial technique via a foam roller for pre-exercise, for maintenance, and to aid recovery following exercise. It's been observed to decrease soreness following DOMS, which is delayed onset muscle soreness. You might've experienced this yourself if you went to the gym and worked out too hard or went for a long run. The direct effect of SMR and performance may be duration dependent and remains in question. At the very least, SMR appears to have no negative effect on performance with a few studies showing increase in performance. Yet another benefit of SMR is its ability to increase range of motion. So that's a similar finding as in the first study. So all good so far. This, uh, I think, additionally points to, this is just me talking, uh, to the um, uh, benefits uh, in older adults to do uh, myofascial release as a way to increase joint range of motion because we know, of course, the prevalence of arthritis and joint changes, the de degenerative joint changes in uh, older adults is prevalent and uh, that all affects decreased range of motion. Obviously, for someone who is elderly, uh, you would want to check with their primary care physician. If you're a yoga teacher and you're going to be using myofascial uh, uh, tools with them, especially because there's some, I don't know if the literature would bear it out, but I know in general conversations I've had with, um, with yoga teachers, um, who specialize in myofascial release, Tiffany and Jill Miller to be two of them. I do believe there is a contraindication if you have any kind of clotting issue, which is potentially something that an older adult might have. So you'd always want people to check with their doctor. However, if they're cleared to use a foam roller or a Theragun or a myofascial ball, it could be a really easy and dare I even say fun way for an older adult to improve their joint range of motion. So all of that is in the second study. So this last study we'll take a look at as we come to a uh, close here in the podcast today. The last study uh, is from the Orthopedic Journal of Sports Medicine. This is the one I referred to earlier. Uh, shout out to Tiffany Cruikshank for mentioning this in her most recent uh, webinar. The study name is called, Is It All About the Fascia? A Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis of the Prevalence of Extramuscular Connective Tissue Lesions in Muscle Strain Injury. Okay, that's a mouthful. So number one, it's again, a systematic review. So none of these studies I'm reading you are actual studies that the researchers did. They all were kind of taking a step back and doing review of the literature. We need researchers to do the actual studies. We also need researchers to do this meta-analysis to take that step back and look kind of cross-sectionally with questions in mind and start to see what kind of conclusions can be drawn. You know, they always say you can't see the forest for the trees. And as researchers, I mean, I don't know, I'm not a researcher, but I'm an avid science nerd. And, you know, the further we can get 
we get into a problem we're trying to solve, the harder sometimes it is for us to see the bigger picture. And so when we have researchers that are willing to do kind of the research into the research, we're able to draw some broader conclusions and that work is really, really important just as the work uh, is important when it comes to the, the researchers who actually do the studies. So this, um, lead researcher here is Jan Wilkie, W-I-L-K-E, PhD. The date on this, this is actually more recent. This is um, December 24th, so Christmas Eve 2019. So again, the title, is it all about the fascia, a systematic review of the prevalence of extramuscular connective tissue lesions in muscle strain injury? So what they're basically trying to determine is, well, when someone has a muscle strain, is it all about the fascia? Or is it also about muscle being involved in the injury? Like what's really going on there? So here we go, the background, the fascia has been determined to represent a potential force transmitter intimately connected to the underlying skeletal muscle. Sports related soft tissue strains may therefore result in damage to both the fascia as well as skeletal muscle. So that's the background. The purpose of this review, of this literature review, is to uncover the prevalence of connective tissue lesions in muscle strain injury and their potential impact on RTP, return to play. So RTP is the acronym that is often mentioned in these studies when they look at athletes, whether it's college athletes or high school athletes. So if any of you listening have kids that play high school soccer or field hockey or whatever, whatever sports they're playing, football, um, this is often what athletic trainers in, in grade schools and high, you know, maybe not grade schools, but high schools and certainly colleges are looking at and certainly pro sports. You want your people to be playing, right? So you don't want any kind of treatment being done that's going to affect their RTP, their return to play negatively. All right. So they looked at imaging studies. Um, they looked at 16 studies and the conclusion, legion, lease, sorry, lesions of the collagenous connective tissue. So remember, connective tissue in your body is in part made of fibers. And one of those fibrous types, one of those fiber types is collagen, right? So I know we hear about collagen from, you know, celebrities on TV selling us all sorts of like stuff to put on our face. Not that that's bad. It's actually good. We want to keep our face moisturized. Um, just keep in mind, you know, you go to Whole Foods, you see like, oh, collagen, bone broth, all of that. So this is what we're talking about here lesions of the collagenous connective tissue, namely the fascia and the tendinous junction are highly prevalent in athletic muscle strain injuries. However, at present, their impact on RTP duration is unclear and requires further investigation. So as usual, this study is not going to come to any like hard and fast conclusions. That's okay, right? Research is research and it often leads us to other questions and that's good questions lead us to answers and sometimes questions lead us to more questions and sometimes you know both scenarios are totally fine so just giving you a just high level here muscle strain injuries rank among the most common musculoskeletal health complaints in ball game sports excessive tissue loading particularly through eccentric contractions during athletic movements has been suggested to represent the main pathomechanism of injury Therefore, from a mechanistic perspective, the muscle's ability to actively and passively withstand elongating forces is paramount 
to preventing a structural trauma diagnosed as a strain. Contrary to prior assumptions, the skeletal muscles and their tendons are not the only structures transmitting and bearing tensile loads. In some muscles, less than 20% of the fibers span the entire distance between the origin and insertion, while the remaining fibers end in the muscle belly, being connected only via the endomycin. This architecture strongly suggests a force transmitting role of the connective tissue. So now we're talking fascia. On a more macroscopic level, a close relationship between the connective tissue and the active component of the locomotive locomotor system exists. The surrounding fascia of adjacent muscles fuse tightly with each other, creating continuity instead of separation. I love this because it again reinforces what we as yoga teachers want to look at the body as one continuous structure, continuity between things. You know, when we talk to students about you know, we're using this muscle, we're using that muscle. That's great. Squeeze this, activate this, contract this, lengthen this, all good. We want to always have the whole in mind though, so that we're giving them that, you know, kind of view in and we're also giving them that zoom out. So just in the uh, interest of time, I'm going to go towards the end here so I can just read you all just some of the high level conclusions. I apologize, there's just a lot of backup docu documentation that is noted here. Hang on one moment, I'm going through, you know, I love all the detail. If you do look up this study online, you're gonna get a lot, a lot, a lot of, uh, of backup data. So in the, um, in the conclusion section, it says the following. Lesions of the collagenous connective tissue are a frequent finding in muscle strain injuries diagnosed through use of imaging methods. So we're talking MRI. However, because of the high heterogeneity of the included studies and the mixed evidence concerning the impact of fascial lesions on return to play duration, further research research is warranted. So again, not coming to any massive conclusions. I think one of the things of interest here though, is that we've got impact on muscle. We've got impact on fascia. There's probably more of an impact on the fascia and other connective tissue structures than we previously thought. You know, think of if any of you again, have kids who are diagnosed by their coach or the trainer as having a muscle sprain, you know, we can walk around thinking, oh, it's the hamstring. Oh, it's the glute max. Oh, it's the pec minor or pec major, whatever it is. Uh, what this study is basically saying is that it's more than that. It's also at the junction where they talk about the tendinous junction between that muscle and the bone, right? That is where the connective, one of the areas where the connective tissue structures are. And so that has implications for treatment, right? If it's not just all muscular and it's also connective tissue structural, that has implications for how we might want to treat that person. Now, again, as we wrap this up, we are not as yoga teachers in the business of treating anybody. However, depending on, you know, kind of how, what your focus is uh, for your teaching, if you're teaching a lot of people who are in sports, if you're doing a lot of privates where people are injured coming to you from orthopedic surgeons and the like, you know, this is the kind of stuff you're going to want to get into. And it's so cool, right? If you have a, a, you know, a clinical mind, clinical background, you're just like a sports geek like me or a science nerd like I am, 
you're going to just eat this stuff up. And I would highly encourage you at least once a week to just Google stuff, you know, Google some question that you have about the body, uh, look on PubMed, see what kind of research you come up with and just print it out. And I will also in, in wrapping up here today, invite you to come on the podcast and share what you found out. So I'm happy to uh, interview you and have you report to us um, what you found out from the research that you've done. So in wrapping up today, uh, I want to thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you in class really, really soon. I hope to see you at the workshop on Wednesday. And I just wish you a really, really unbelievable week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for any notes or DMs that you send me. I love to hear what you think of the podcast. I so value your time and attention. And I wish you nothing but the best in the weeks and months ahead in 2022. Thank you so much for listening. See you on the next episode. Namaste. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. Before you go, I want to let you know about a new mini course I just created as of October 2021. It's called the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program mini course. It's essentially an introductory version to my signature program that teaches you anatomy so that you grow your confidence in sharing cues and sequences and in all those conversations you have with your students. If you're like some of the yoga teachers I speak to, you might feel as if you don't have the time to do my full program. That's one of the main reasons I created this mini course, which will give you all the same steps in my signature blueprint approach to teaching you anatomy and will allow you to complete it in much less time. There are 10 modules each of about 10 minutes each, and the entire program walks you through mini lessons from the larger program. You'll leave with specific new skills that you can start to use right away. You may also leave with a keen interest in enrolling in the larger program because your curiosity and confidence have been stoked. For you, the podcast listener, I'm offering $5 off the purchase price of the mini program, which is just priced at $27, so the cost will go down to $22 for you. Once you complete the mini course, you'll see in the next step section how to get a $50 credit to put towards the larger program should you decide to invest in that in the future. To purchase the mini program, visit my website at barebonesyoga.com, click the link for online courses, and select the mini course link. When you check out before you enter your credit card, enter the code podcast and you will receive the $5 off. I hope you enjoy the program. I hope it stokes your curiosity and builds your confidence. Namaste.